Welcome to 5 Minute Fever. I'm your host, Kayla Hegret, and my goal is to get you in God's Word and fired up with the Holy Spirit. Now, I'm going to have to ask for your guys' grace and patience this morning as my voice really hurts. So, of course, a couple weeks ago, I had strep and I had the same exact problem. I had problems talking and my throat was really sore and I'm hoping that I do not have strep again. But as you would know, over the last couple weeks, I've had so many preaching events, so many teaching events, and just things going on. And I think this was my body's way of just saying, hey, I need a break. And so it has decided that it is going to shut down on me a little bit. And it has just made me sick again. So, but we are going to push through. And because this today is really important. Today, we're learning more about sexual immorality, but more specifically about how marriage plays into sexual immorality. And so I want us to open up our Bibles and let's look at 1 Corinthians chapter 7, verses 1 through 9. And so this section actually is a little bit longer than this, but we're going to break it up into two pieces because what I find is that it's really important to understand the context of what Paul is saying. So we're going to chunk it up we're going to look at the first nine verses first. And it says, Now for the matters you wrote about, it is good for a man not to have sexual relations with a woman. But since sexual immorality is occurring, each man should have sexual relations with his own wife, and each woman with her own husband. The husband should fulfill his marital duty to his wife, and likewise the wife to her husband. The wife does not have authority over her own body, but yields it to her husband. In the same way, the husband does not have authority over his own body, but yields it to his wife. Do not deprive each other, except perhaps by mutual consent for a time, that you may devote yourselves to prayer. Then come together again, that Satan will not tempt you because of your lack of self-control. I say this as a concession, not as a command. I wish that all of you were as I am, but each of you have your own gift from God. One has this gift, another has that. Now to the unmarried and to the widows, I say, it is good for them to stay unmarried as I do. But if they cannot control themselves, they should marry, for it is better for them to marry than to burn with passion. So I find this verse, these verses, pretty interesting because in it we can kind of feel a little uneasy, I guess. Like when I was first reading this, before I looked it up in my study Bible, I was starting to feel uneasy when I read the part about authority over our own bodies. Because in America, we have this very much a freedom mindset, freedom over everything, freedom over choice, freedom over religion, freedom over press, freedom over speech. And especially with the fight of freedom over our own bodies, I think a passage like this can make us feel a little uneasy. Like, what do you mean I don't have authority over my own body? Whether or not I'm married, I feel like I should have the choice over what I want to do with my body. And this is not necessarily saying this at all. In fact, what Paul is writing about is this, in this culture, the Romans and the Gentile culture, what he was trying to get across is their their culture says that men are dominant and women are always submissive. And in their culture, it was only expected that the women had to be faithful and not necessarily the men. And so what Paul is trying to say is that, well, let's back that up. Okay, you cannot have the expectation of your wife to remain pure 
for you if you cannot remain pure for your wife. In the same way that she submits to you, so you must submit to her. So if anything, Paul was more of an advocate for women's rights because he was trying to say equal partnership. And so it's it's less of this authority. This authority is not the way that we necessarily are thinking about it. It's it's an authority to basically what you're saying is you're submitting to one another. That you're coming to marriage not trying to be the person in power. That you're trying to submit to one another because instead of lording it over your husband or your wife that I have authority what you're saying is like hey I might have authority over my own body but you want to know what I care and I love you and I respect you and I'm coming to this marriage as a as a partner that I'm going to give you my authority as a submissive and give you that authority so that we may enjoy each other mutually and so it's together you mutually submit to one another that's the authority that this is talking about and now when it says when we jump down to verse five and it says do not deprive each other except by mutual consent and for a time again this this mutual part because he's trying to hone in on this mutual part because in judean marriage contracts they actually had to write clauses in that husbands had to sleep with their wives because oftentimes what would happen is that somebody would get married, but then they wouldn't sleep with them. And so they would actually put in the marriage contract that they had to sleep with their wife. And it was actually debated between rabbis whether or not that the length of the maximum length of time for a husband to go without sleeping with his wife was a week or maybe two weeks. Unless, of course, he was like on a voyage or he was studying Torah or he was doing something where he just wasn't possibly able to sleep with his wife and so i found that out in my study bible in my niv cultural background study bible very interesting stuff highly recommend if you don't have a bible you're looking for a bible it's an easy pretty easy read it's about an eighth grade level it's got a lot of good study notes about the background and of the time and the culture so that's my one plug for this bible but anyway so let's get back to it so for a time they devote themselves to prayer. It doesn't say that you stop sleeping with each other to go sleep with other people or that you go and try to do a runaround. No, 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 no. It's that you devote yourself to God. If you're going to if you're going to step away from each other, then step into God is what Paul is saying. And do this by mutual consent. Do this as a partnership. Do this as two people who are coming to the table knowing that hey, we have this partnership between each other and we're going to put this partnership on hold for a second so that both of us can get closer to God. And so it says this, then when we jump down to verse 8 and 9, when it's talking about unmarried and widows, it's saying it's good for them to stay unmarried as I do. Paul was unmarried and he was unmarried because he dedicated his life and his work to God. He didn't have anything in his path to disrupt him or distract him. And so that's what he's saying. For unmarried and for widows, it's better for you to dedicate yourself to God. But if you can't control yourself, then marry. Marry again or marry for the first time because it is better to marry than to burn with passion. This passion is a foothold of Satan, which he is talking about with married people as well. Satan comes to kill, seek, and destroy, and destroy. 
anything that he can. Kill, maim, and destroy. And so one of these ways he does it is through sexual immorality. And we can see this in our own culture with Hollywood that pumps and fuels into our society and into our culture that sex means nothing and that we can do and say and, and sleep around with whoever we want. But instead, Paul is saying, no, keep this in a godly way. Keep this in a pure way. Keep it in a household that is between two partners who are mutually married and mutually give each other and submit each other to marriage. That is how sex is supposed to happen. And so to prevent sexual immorality, what he's saying is to be married and enjoy married life. All right. I think that's as much as my voice is going to carry me. So let's pray and let's get out of here. Heavenly Father's Lord God, I want to thank you so much for the time and the space that you've given me. And I want to thank you for the message that you've given us on sexual immorality. Lord God, I pray for all those that are not married or have been widowed. I pray that if they need to find a spouse, Lord God, that you would provide them one so that they are not burning with passion, that they would not be giving a foothold to the devil. Lord God, for all of us who are married, I pray that we would come to each other with mutual submission and that we would find strength in that mutual submission and we would find strength in you. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Thank you so much for joining me, and I look forward to next time. Please like and follow 5-Minute Fever on Facebook and Instagram so you can subscribe and share to get the next episode and so we can show people it's possible to get a big word from God without having to spend hours in the Bible.